Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad to be a part of the kingdom of God? Amen. There is no greater entity, never has been nor will be, than the blood-bought church of the living God. When you consider that we all come from so many different walks of life, different backgrounds, we would have probably never met had it not been for the Spirit of the living God. And God can take so many different people who have nothing in common, yet bathe them with one blood and fill them with one Spirit, and they become part of one body. Friend, there's nothing like the kingdom of God. And there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In fact, Nicodemus approached Jesus, and the Lord said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, you must be born again. And this left humanity puzzled. How, Lord, can a man, when he is old, be born again? He said, except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit. Spirit. See, you can change your behavior, but you can't change your heart. And there's a lot of people who can will themselves to do good and be good and live better. Friend, repentance is not the totality of salvation. It's the beginning of salvation. And except a man be born again of the water and the Spirit, then you can't be included in the kingdom of God because you have to have one spirit. Amen. The kingdom of God. I'm so happy to be here this morning. So thankful for the opportunity. This church holds a lot of memories. In fact, when we drove into town yesterday, I just started reminiscing. And I'm thankful for what the Lord has done here. Love the Hughes's and love this church. And I just want the Lord to minister to the needs in the house this morning. Mark chapter number 4, Hebrews chapter number 13. Mark chapter 4. And let's begin with verse number 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. There were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of the wind. The waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship, sleep on a pillow. They awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. He said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey? Hebrews chapter 13, I will read one scripture found in verse number 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday,
today and forever. I preached this morning, he still calms storms. He still, Jesus Christ, regardless of what you came in here facing, he's the same God that was in the little bottom part of the ship. He's the same God that stood at the bow of the ship. And he's the same God that knows right where you're at this morning. Can we lift our hands to heaven, Father? This morning we stand in need of the touch of God. Lord, you know every situation. You know every life. You know every heart. God, you know what people came in here carrying. And this morning I'm asking for the Holy Ghost to have liberty. God, have your way in this building today. We remove all restraints regarding how you move or what you do. I'm asking, Lord, that you would touch the lives and the hearts of those here. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning. It goes without saying that if anybody lives any length of time, they will have a storm that they have to face. We would be foolish to think that we could make it through this life carefree. We would be deceiving ourselves if we thought that because we belong to a particular denomination that we would not have to face any rough times. See, life is full of unexpected storms. Regardless of genealogy, regardless of how much money you have in the bank or how many degrees you have hanging on a wall, you're going to have to face a storm. There's going to be times in your life where you are tossed to and fro. Bible declares that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Does it matter what church you go to? Does it matter what part of town you live on or live in? Does it matter your background? It doesn't matter. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. And the storms are going to come. It's inevitable that storms are going to happen in your life. See, people try to fix their own storm. People try to take their, their own situation and, and try to manipulate a miracle, if you please. They try to fix this. This is indicative of what happened in the Garden of Eden when humanity faced a whirlwind storm due to the fall. And they tried to fix their storm with fig leaves. Never considering that fig leaves in a few days would dry up. And they'd be back in the same predicament that they started in. It's human nature to try to fix our storm. It's human nature to try to work it all out. Human nature. Psychiatrists are a classic example of people trying to cope with their own storm. It was Sigmund Freud who introduced the talk therapy where people would come in and lay on the couch and they would just talk about their storm. 
And the counselor would just listen. But as time goes on, I started doing some research. Uh, Psychiatrists uh, got tired of having to deal with everybody else's storms. And now they refer medicine to help you cope with your storm. People are seeking every way they can to cope with the storm. They're looking to medicine. They're looking to alcohol. They're looking to drugs. They're looking to promiscuity. They're looking for every way. I just want to deal with my storm. I can't handle what's going on in my life. I can't handle the home life that I'm having to live in. I can't handle the job and the boss that I'm having to deal with. I can't handle what's going on in my life. I just want to deal with my storm my own way. See, the world is full of individuals whose life seems to be unraveling. Marriages are splintered. Children are left with hatred for mother, hatred for father, hatred for God, uh, having to put them in this situation. Unruly children, jobs, and dare I say storms that happen even in a church. Storms. Storms. You can't control where the storm comes from. You can't control what area or avenue of your life the storm is going to pop in. You can't control it. And see, that's what gets us many times is the fear of the unknown. We don't like what we can't understand. God, why? Perhaps that question has repeated uh, off of our lips way too many times. God, why? It's not that we didn't trust his plan. Uh, We just didn't trust his ways. We know God is able. We know he has our best interest at heart. Uh, We know that he knows the end from the beginning uh, and that his plan is perfect. uh, But God, I don't like the way you're trying to do your plan. I didn't, I wouldn't have chosen this storm in my life. I would have chosen my area of strength where I knew I could handle it. I would have never figured it out. I would have never, I would have never picked this to happen in my life, this storm, God. You don't choose where your storm comes from. Storm calls, storms call sleepless nights, tension in the home, stress on the job, and your joy to be eclipsed by your problem. And people go crazy when they're in the middle of a storm. You know, it's astounding to me how many people have the best advice when you're in the storm. But let their ship start rocking. And they go crazy. You're looking at them going, three weeks ago, you were preaching to me. Why don't you start preaching to yourself? People go crazy. They can't tell which way is up. They can't tell if they're going or they're coming. They're here. But you know they're not here. Why? Because their storm, their world is being rocked by a storm. But can I tell you this morning that therapy won't fix every storm? Alcohol doesn't fix storms. Medication doesn't fix storms. And all the money in the world won't fix storms. But there is one whose name is Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this morning, if you're in the middle of a storm, you understand that he'll step to the bow of your ship and he'll say, Peace. Peace. 
the disciples found themselves in a precarious situation. Their loyalty to their master loaded them on a ship to sail out into a sea. Now see, understand that this was nothing uncommon to them because they were fishermen. Many of them had spent much of their lives in a boat. So it was just a ritualism, if you please. It it was just another day at the office. And it was nothing that God asked of them. Outrageous to cause them to hesitate. And they found themselves on the ship. And Jesus looked at them and said, let's go unto the other side. Guaranteed their arrival, if you please. Guaranteed they wouldn't make it to the other side. They had a promise. You're going to make it. The destination was guaranteed. But he didn't reveal to them what they were going to have to go through to get to the other side. And that's the part we don't like. We want the promise. But God, I don't like the process. Joseph, I'll show you two dreams. But I'm not showing you the in-between. I'll give you something to reach for. But I'm not showing you what you have to go through to get there. See, the destination is heaven. That's when mortality puts on immortality, and that is perfection. The goal is to reach perfection and to be perfect, but you have to be able to withstand the perfecting. Everybody wants to make it to perfection, but we... Hesitate the process of perfecting. And they had a guarantee. I'm telling you, we're going to the other side. But they didn't know what was fixing to await them when they got in the middle of a sea. And the Bible said they got out there and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beating the ship so that it was now full. The storm came and not only was it coming against them on the side and up from above, but there came a point where the water started coming from beneath. Have you ever been there where it's coming from all directions? Not only is it hitting you from the side or coming from the top, but now the boat's getting full. And these were experienced fishermen. And they're bailing. They're doing everything they can to stay afloat. Hello, does that sound familiar? I'm doing everything I know to do to keep my faith up. I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm doing everything, God. Why is this happening in my life? God, I've been faithful. I've made it to church every time. I've paid my tithes, but the rain finds the just and the unjust. Yeah. And they're bailing. And they're bailing. Now, you've got to look at this from a different perspective. These were people who had spent most of their life in a ship. And the Bible said there were other ships around them. What will they think of me if I can't make it in this storm? Many times a storm isn't what gets us. It's what people say about us during the storm that gets us. I can sometimes handle the storm. But I can't handle what people think about me during the storm. I can't handle what people are saying about me during this time where my life's spinning out of control. These people are supposed to love God. Why are they talking about me? 
It's easy to critique when you're not in the ship that's bouncing. It's easy to say, well, if I was Tim, I would do this. It wasn't your child that's messing up. It wasn't your home being rocked. It wasn't your marriage being rocked. Don't go saying this is what I would do until you've been in the ship and faced the same circumstances. Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What does that mean? That means that he could have been justified coming as a king. He wouldn't have felt bad at all because he was God. But the Bible said, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of a cross now that he became a servant there was a time where God said wherefore God also hath highly exalted him but before he was ever exalted he made himself of no reputation because if he would have came as a king first he would have had a reputation to guard and he couldn't have handled the ridicule. He couldn't have handled being spit upon. He couldn't have handled all that. So how did he come first? He made himself of no reputation. Friend, the only way you're going to get through some of your storms is you got to stop caring about what people think about you. you got to make yourself of no reputation. I don't care what you think. You talk all you want. You ain't in my boat. You don't know what I prayed on my pillow last night. You don't know what I've been going through. So so your words ain't going to hurt me because I don't have a reputation to guard. I please one man, and his name is Jesus Christ. So you can talk all you want. So the mental torment they were facing was astounding. What will people think about me, Peter, if you can't manage a boat that you've been in all your life? What are people going to say about you knowing that your ship went under and you were raised in a ship? You couldn't even handle the storm. What are they going to say about you, Peter? All of this, I'm sure, is racing through their heads. But there came a point. When they needed help. Notice the severity of the storm did not wake him. Because he's a gentleman. He's not going to step into your situation uninvited. He's not going to intrude upon you as long as you think you got it in control. He's just going to sit there and say, all right, go ahead. You're experienced. You've been in a ship many times. You've navigated some rough storms and some rough seas. I know you don't need me now, but there's going to come a point. You're going to need me. And there's people in this building, you're at that point. You've been fighting the storm by yourself way too long. You've been trying to navigate through the rough seas way too long. And this morning, I feel the Holy Ghost, you walked in here and you're at the breaking point. Can I tell you, he still calms storms. Regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you look like, he still calms storms. 
he still calmed storms. And, and they came and they woke him up. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Watch this. They weren't even asking for help. They were asking for pity. Hello? I've been there before. God, don't you know where I am? Don't you see what I'm having to go through? That's not a plea for help. That's a plea for pity. God, don't you see my husband? God, don't you see my wife? I've, I've done everything I can within my own power. Don't you see why am I having to go through all of this, God? It's the process to get to the other side. He never showed you what you'd have to get through. He just said, I'll be with you all the way. Mercy stood up out of the bow of that ship. Peace be still. And then he said, why is it that you are so fearful? What happened to your faith? Can I tell you, you can't have faith and fear at the same time. Your fear will always eclipse your faith. And it's in the middle of the storm when it's at his raging the roughest that fear steps in and overshadows your faith. You started out with full confidence you're going to make it to the other side. You've worshiped and danced in faith believing that God's going to do it. But there's a point in the middle of the storm where sometimes as humanity, we start questioning whether or not we're going to make it. Storms rage. Homes shake. Marriages rumble. And kids test your very patience. And it's then that the enemy steps in and starts doubting whether or not God is really going to be there. Starts doubting whether or not. What Jesus was saying was, guys, I was right here with you the whole time. I've never moved. I've been there the whole time. But at many times, it's the inactivity that gets us because we don't see God moving in any, any fashion. When we don't see God doing anything, that's when we start questioning whether or not he knows where we're at. When we don't see anything happening, when we don't see anything, storm, storm, he still calms the storm. Paul, tell us what it's like to be beaten. Paul, tell us what it's like to be stranded at sea. See, Paul understood adversity, yet he also understood that I'm not in charge of my problems. I'm not in charge of where my help comes from. My help comes from God. See, you've got to understand and know where your help comes from. You've got to know that it, there's some things that can, the natural can't do it. The super steps in with the natural and the supernatural. But see, when you recognize the source of your help, you can make it through any storm. The psalmist said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song will I praise him. Isaiah said this, fear thou not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee. With 
with the right hand of my righteousness. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you don't understand. There's a lot of times you was going under, but the hand of God reached down beneath you and pulled you up when you didn't even know he was there. I love to praise him for what he's done. I love to praise him for how good he is. But how about praising him for what he's kept you from? How about praising him for what you didn't see? When the hand of God put a barrier between you and the enemy. And he stayed the enemy. What are you saying? I'm saying he's calmed so many storms that you didn't even know about. It's worth praising him over. See, Paul, he was shipwrecked, stoned, stranded, beaten, whipped, and on and on and on the list goes. Yet Paul, when he faced King Agrippa, he made a statement that revealed his confidence and the reason he could keep going. In Acts chapter 26, verse 22, he looked at King Agrippa and he said, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continued unto this day. What are you saying, Paul? I'm saying every time they beat me, I knew the help of God was present. Every time I was at sea and I didn't know what was going on, I knew the help of God was with me. I'm telling you this morning, even if you feel like your world is caving in, God is my help. When I was sick in my body, I couldn't go any further. The hand of God reached down and God was my help. When I didn't have any groceries, there was a help that came from God. He still calmed storms. You may not see it happen like you want to, but he still calms storms. Storms come in so many different aspects of our life. See, just a couple of months ago, we had an we have an RV. I was pulling in Mississippi, and we had a crack in our RV on the side. I'm RV illiterate, okay? I just pull the thing, and so I called some people. And I, and I, and they, oh, you got a cracked frame. It's going to be bad. You need to get that in the shop. And I said, okay, that's fine. Brought it in the shop. Uh, understand this is our home. So our home was turned upside down. We were, we were having to live with my in-laws back at home. And I was trying to travel back and forth and preach. And we were just, we were miserable. Uh, they told the RV place, said that's going to be $7,600 to fix that crack. And I thought to myself, boy, caulking sure went up. I would have just caulked this thing. I didn't know. Everybody's telling me you don't need to pull that. You got a bad frame. It could be bad, bad, bad. That's all I kept thinking was bad. My storm was raging in my life. Now, it may not have been a storm in your life, but it was my home. It affected my family. Everything was upside down. I filed it on my insurance. And I said, well, they'll just take care of it. And we'll do it. Three weeks later, they called and said, we're not going to take care of your claim. I would love to tell you that I peacefully said, oh, that's okay. Thank you so much. And immediately began to speak in tongues and dance before the Lord. But I couldn't find no Holy Ghost anywhere in me. God had vacated the premises. He was asleep on a pillar, if you please. I'll never forget standing in that parking lot of the RV place. 
And I, I just begin to go, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you at? Hello, I'm here. I need you now. Been there before. Everybody's telling me, you need to sue. You need to get you a lawyer. You need to fight this big corporation. First thing that I'm thinking is, if I had money to get a lawyer, I'd have money to fix crack. I don't have money for a lawyer. But, but that, was the, that was the thinking. See, you can't let logic take your place of faith. You can't look at your storm logically. Because logic will tell you, you're going under. But logic doesn't see the miraculous either. Logic accepts things as they are. Faith speaks those things as though they are, but are not. You've got to stop looking at your storm through a logical perspective and say, well, there's no way it's going to get any better. Friend, you've got to start letting faith. So I was preaching somewhere that weekend. I told the pastor, I asked him, I said, you know any good lawyers? He leaned back in his chair. He said, why don't we let God handle this, buddy? And I'm thinking, boy, that's a revelation. I've been preaching that all over the country. But now when it's my storm, it's easy for you to say, but this is my storm. You know the difference between major and, major and minor problems? When it's yours, it's minor. When it's mine, it's major, you know. And he said, let God handle it. Within two weeks, over $5,000 was handed to me. And the RV place called and said it only cost $1,700 to fix your RV. Friend, you've come a little too late to tell me that God does not calm storms. I don't care what you're facing this morning. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care. He still calms the storms. He still speaks a word of peace. Driving back from Brookhaven, Mississippi, middle of the night, my first time to pull at night. Brother Hughes always told me that he loved to pull at night. So I said, well, I'm going to pull at Brother Hughes. We're going to pull at night. Well, understand, I was, I was broke as far as, I mean, I had like no two pennies to rub together. I felt like evangelist. I was broke. And we got paid that night. It was in the middle of the woods. There was no banks around. And I said, well, you know, I have this app. I could take pictures with my, of my check, and they'll go into my checking account, but I'd never used it before. So I said, well, that's what I'll do tonight. After we eat and I get paid, I'll take a picture of my check. It'll go into my bank account. I'll have enough money to get fuel to go home. Spent the last of my money to fill up my truck. Well, I did that, but I, I put it in my savings account instead of my checking account. So I was in a little pickle. I didn't have no money. I had my family on the road. And it's 11 o'clock at night. So we're just driving. We're just driving. Pull in. I said, God, I couldn't do anything with money until Tuesday until the check cleared through the bank. So I said, Lord, I just need you to take care of us. I trust you, God. Pulled into a gas station on the way on, on that highway coming down before Hammond. I had about a little under a half of a tank, and I said, well, I'll just get enough gas to make it home. Get out. Put my card in, and bold letters, it comes back declined. Wow. I knew I was broke. Now I really know I'm broke. I tried it again. Put my card in there. Declined. Put my wallet back up. Got in the truck. Started driving. 
She said, where are you going? I said, we're going home. She said, how are you going to get gas? I said, I don't know. God's going to take care of it. But the whole time I'm going further south and I'm watching that needle go down, I'm starting thinking of any pastor I know of I could pull over and stay the night. Say that boy, because I got my family. It's summertime. I don't have a generator. You know what I'm saying. Logic is starting to play a little bit of a factor into my my travels. I get to about a quarter of a tank. We get to Hammond. Pull in another gas station. Get out. My wallet, debit card, standing there. Said, "Now, Lord, I really need some fuel." I'm just having a conversation with God, and I said, "I, I, I do have money, Lord." My ignorance, I put it in the wrong account. I'm not trying to get anything for free. I just want you to help me, God. just need you to take care of this, Lord. And I put that card in, and I said, in Jesus' name. And I pulled it out, and I stood there. It felt like the longest three seconds of my entire life. And it said, authorized, begin fueling. There has never been a gas pump move so fast off of that rack and into a truck. Because I thought it would change its mind. And I would be left without fuel. I put it in until I was shaking that truck, trying to get every ounce of fuel I can get in that truck. We got in the truck. My wife said, baby, I'm thirsty. You think we can get something to drink? I said, I don't want to try God twice. Once is enough. 1230 at night, we pull out on the highway. My wife gets a text from somebody in Missouri. Just seeing if everything's okay. I've just been up praying for y'all. I had y'all in my heart. You've come too late to tell me that he doesn't know the storms of life. And he's not able to speak a word into your situation. Friend, I've come this morning to tell you, it doesn't matter what you face. The peace speaker, he's still able to speak a word into your life. He's still able. Stand with me this morning. You say, well, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, but nothing on the outside has changed. Well, friend, he's still able to speak to every fear. He's able to speak to every word of doubt. He's able to put a peace inside of your heart. See, you got to also understand, peace is not the absence of problems, but the presence of God. That's why Paul walked with confidence, knowing that it doesn't matter what I face. I've got peace. Because the one that's in the bow of my ship, he spoke a word into my life. Isaiah said, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Watch this. Not because he was faithful to church. Not because he gave in every offering. Because he trusteth in thee. Paul, how was you able to make it through everything you went through? Trust. How are you going to make it through everything you go through? Trust. And one day we'll know that you're a child of God, not because you never went through anything, not because you never had to face a hard time, not because it was a rosy walk in the park, but because when hail raged and your storm raged and everything in your life went topsy-turvy, you maintained your integrity, you maintained your character, and you maintained your trust. And like Job, you said, though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. 
I'm going to trust him. Hands lifted all across the building this morning. God knows right where you're at, my friend. God sees everything going on in your life. God sees the wind raging and the storms raging. He brought you to this building this morning for one reason. He wanted to speak peace into your life today. He wants to speak peace into your life today. You've been putting up with depression too long. You've been putting up with mental torment way too long. And this morning you don't have to walk out of here carrying the same load that you carried in here. Because the peace speaker is in the building. The peace speaker is in the building. He ta da 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 da